What's up and welcome to the Espresso with Aaron and Sarit podcast. This is the show where you go for the tips, tools, and the life hackeries to lose weight, gain confidence, and create a life that you are excited to wake up for. Get ready for some tough love conversations that will change your perspective from destructive to productive. We are your hosts, Aaron and Sarit. And we're on a mission to transform the lives of millions through the same movement, nutrition, and lifestyle habits that have transformed ours. Hello and welcome to another episode of Espresso with Aaron and Sarit. Today we're going to be talking about the mind that is weight loss and body transformation. As you can see here, uh, uh, there's an empty chair. And there's an empty chair because the lovely one and the only Miss Sarit is going to be here in just a moment. We actually have a very special guest today, and she's having some technical difficulties getting in. So for your viewing pleasure, Sarit has stepped out so that she can join us in this amazing, amazing interview that we are going to have. So if you've ever experienced, um, you know, during your weight loss and body transformation journey, um, mental fuckery that gets consumed up here with whatever it is, uh, the nutrition, the workouts, um, why do I feel like binge eating? Why do I want to eat when I'm not actually hungry? You know, um, and, and all of these things that happen in our minds. Can you put in the comments MF? You know what that means? It means mind fuck for people who don't want to swear. MF. Okay. Put it in the comments. And I see who you are. Before we bring our guests on, I can see that she's been able to jump in. So that's amazing. Sarit, I'm guessing, will be joining us in just a second. You guys are going to want to be here for this. You know when you ever meet somebody? When you meet somebody and immediately you're like, where have you been all my life? That, <laughs> that is who is about to join us. And I know that you are going to feel the same way. So I'm extremely excited for her to jump in. Um, and I want, I see you guys right here. Yes. Yes. Diane. So good to have you girlfriend. I see, I see Kara's in the house. Michelle's in the house. So amazing. Okay. So, you know, when you're like, when you're going through this journey and it's like, why can I not get over these things that could like either food obsession thinking about your next meal when you're eating your current meal, right? Like anybody been there? <laughs> I've been there. It's like, what's for dinner? And I'm eating breakfast. Um, you know, so like, does our mind play tricks on us? Are there ways for us to, uh, for us to really take over and understand what's happening in our minds so that we have the tools, we have the power, we have the belief in ourselves to overcome these crazy challenges that we have on the weight loss journey or any journey for that matter, whether it's better in your relationships, your finances, your career, whatever it is, um, you know, the mental component of it all is really where it starts. Your thoughts create your actions, your actions create your habits, your habits create your reality. So I will let Miss Sarit, welcome. Thanks guys. Welcome. We've had a great time so far, um, and I'll let you introduce our special guest so we can get this party started. Did you tell a dad joke? No, but I think I said some funny things. Did I say anything funny, guys? Okay. 
I'm waiting for a response from you guys. Otherwise, I'm not getting started. She wants to know if I'm funny. Tell her yes. <laughs> They're saying hey. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Mm. Our guests are like you guys and your community. <laughs> what, what are you guys doing? We just like to have fun. Okay. Hysterical. Yes. Of course she is. Erin is amazing. Classic. Okay. So today, you guys, we have a very, very special guest. Um, you know, we've met this incredible human a couple weeks ago. And before we actually... A couple get- weeks? Yes, a couple weeks ago. A couple months ago. We really deeply connected a couple weeks ago. Well, what it depends on how you look at a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks. Introduced, met. I saw you. I know who you are. Either way, I before we got we even got to know her story, I'm like, I know that we're gonna need to introduce her. We really got to, to know her story a couple weeks to, ago. Yeah, to to our community. And then we actually I said learned about one another at a deeper level. I'm like, uh yes, just, where have you been all my happen. life? Yes. Yes, yes. So super excited to introduce you to Ashley DeLello, the founder and creator of Bioemotional Healing, a revolutionary method based in neuroscience. Super smart. So better put your on your smarty pants on today. That helps your clients around the world finally break free from emotional trauma, limiting beliefs, anxiety, and chronic pain to thrive in their lives. By the way, you guys, If emotional trauma, limiting beliefs, anxiety, or chronic pain, you know that it's been something that's holding you back, let me see you drop a yes in the chat just so that we know, because I know that you're going to drop a yes, but let me see you drop a yes. Despite being told by doctors that she won't live past her teenage years, you guys, she refused to give up and discovered the secret to rewiring the mind-body connection. She became an elite athlete, TV and Broadway star, entrepreneur, mind coach, and keynote speaker. Basically, anything is possible if you set your mind to it. But don't let us tell you that. Let her tell you that. So today, we're going to be talking about the healing powers of the mind and how to will yourself to defy all the odds, regardless of our circumstances, to achieve whatever it is that you truly desire. So that being said, that being, that being said, without further ado, if you have anybody in your life who will want to watch this video because you know that they're going to benefit from it, click the little share button and give a little share share. Okay. Now, really without further ado, I thought she should be called a doctor because it rings really well. So we'll call it unofficial doctor. Ashley DeLello. Oh my gosh. I do like the ring of that. And can I just say like this, this is the best energy ever. Can I somehow show up in your room for even just five, 10 minutes every morning? You're here. Energy is amazing. I'm here. Yes. We had some technical because that's just, you know, resistance to the things that are good sometimes. Right. Absolutely. We had, we had to will it. Had to will it. We had to will it, and I'm I'm so excited to be here. Wow, what an introduction! I'm honored. When I met you, I was like, I need to, you know, have these people in my life. So I'm I'm excited to be here. Super excited to have you here. Okay, so let's go back to when it all started. I remember when we got to know one another at a deeper level. I'm like. Okay, so with what you do, like nobody just like wakes up one morning and says, 
oh, you know, like, I think I'm going to totally get into, like, neuroscience and figure out, you know, like, all the healing powers of the mind. So, like, what's your story? And, you know, like, I want you to begin by sharing your story. Okay. Where'd you come from? Where did I come from? Well, the thing about what I love about you guys and I love is that my whole life was really about utilizing my body to do what I loved. Right. Um, I, I had just a passion for dance. I started dancing at three, five hours a day at seven. Like it just was something I was so driven, felt born to do and was the epitome of health. In fact, my nickname was the Energizer Bunny because I seemed to never run out of energy. And then that completely changed overnight. I I went really from just health, five hours a day of dancing, loving life. I was only 13. And then overnight I woke up and had pain in every joint and muscle. I could hardly move. And I remember because I was supposed to go to a, a dance convention all day. And I woke up and you couldn't even touch my elbows. I couldn't even do like a basic, what we call plie, but it'd be like a mini squat in the exercise. And it was like, what happened to me overnight? Because that's what it was. And that was the first day of four years where I would fight between life and death. And I was a mystery. And I think that's the hardest. Yeah. Four years. Um, we went to doctor after doctor it, it, it got so bad. I lost like the majority of my hair. I, my skin was yellow from my liver shutting down. I got down to 90 pounds. I looked like a prisoner from Auschwitz. Like I really, it hurt me to sit against chairs because they were so hard and my spine was protruding. Um, all the pain, I got so exhausted. I couldn't even lift a finger some days. And that's, that is really, I feel like I know what it feels like to almost be dead because I used to tell my mom, I don't even have the energy to lay here. It's like, I was exhausted just to breathe, Wow. but this was where I really started to obviously intricately understand how powerful the mind body connection is, because I also feel like if I had said, okay, this is it. My body was so close to not being here. I could have literally allowed myself to die. And in fact, I felt so close that there were many nights I wouldn't go to sleep. I would will my body to stay awake because I felt like if I surrendered that conscious will to live, to keep fighting, my body wouldn't make it. And I had this fear that I wouldn't wake up. Wow. So that had a profound impact on my nervous system, as you can imagine. Um, And that led me to my work later. But this also, again, profoundly showed me how powerful our mind is and its connection to the body and our will and our beliefs. And I know I shared this with you guys because the doctor told me, you're you're not going to live past your teenage years, never live an active life, never dance again, never have children, never get married And you need to accept this. And the sooner you accept it, the more you'll come to peace with your reality. And I wouldn't. And so they sent in a psychologist to talk to me, this 13-year-old girl, to to help me accept that I was dying. And they literally told me I was living in denial. 
And I remember looking at her and thankfully I was born a spitfire because I, I can't fathom now going back as a 13 year old girl. And I remember telling her, listen, I know I'm dying even more than you do. Like I can feel it. But I also feel deep down inside if I accept I'm dying, that any chance of survival is gone. And, you know, this was 27 years ago. So this is before this and podcasts and social media and YouTube and all the information that we're exposed to. It didn't exist then. So I, I had no idea about neuroscience or the mind body connection. I just had this deep belief inside to not accept the limitations I was being told were now my life. And it was a long journey. It was a long journey <laughs> and that's a, a long story in and of itself. But every day I would just say, and I remember I felt like a liar because <laughs> I would look in the mirror and I'd be having to hold myself up and I would say, I'm healing. Like I'm, I'm healing every day. I'm healing. And I think a lot of people, the power in that is not saying it's true in this moment. And I think that's where a lot of people don't like affirmations because it's like, oh, I'm lying to myself. And our brain does have a BS radar where it's like, um, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> right. So it's like, I'm not healthy. So I couldn't declare that that would have been a complete BS. Right. But I'm healing. And I just continued to believe in the body's innate intelligence to heal. And then of course I did all the things with nutrition and to support my immune system. And it was a long long journey of being able to walk from my bedroom to the bathroom, to down the hall, to around the block, right? And then when I defied the odds and I, I got my life back, I was so weakened from everything I'd gone through. I, I didn't have the strength to dance. And that's when I was introduced to strength training because now I had to strengthen my body to do what I loved again. And I fell in love with it because of what was possible. I went from so weak, not being able to lift a finger to struggling to lift a one pound weight, which, you know, that's hard on the ego, you know, because <laughs> at that point, right, uh, even though I'd been through so much, I felt like, you know, a 19 year old girl who can't lift a one pound weight. But it's like mm -hmm. it didn't matter. Right. I was about progress and stripping that ego, which I know we all have to do in certain times and places and really embracing the capacity of my body to get stronger and grow muscle and get more functional. And that's so empowering, as I know you guys completely live for and teach, is that really when you empower your body and you start to feel more strong in your life, it changes everything also, right? There's that feedback loop between the brain and the body, but also the body to the brain. And so here I go. I get my life back. I'm, I'm a personal trainer because I loved it so much. I go back to dancing. I have a professional career, an amazing professional career on TV shows like So You Think You Can Dance. My husband and I headline a Broadway show, eight shows a week, which just is hard on anyone, but just so miraculous for my body. Top of the mountain, like I did it. I defied the odds. And then I got knocked down again and uh, had a, a hip surgery in 2016 that failed massively and launched my whole body into chronic pain. So I went from my strongest self feeling like a machine, feeling powerful to not being able to walk, not being able to even hold a book without nerve pain shooting through my body. Can't hold my two year old daughter. 
lost my professional career and it's like deja vu. But this time I'm a business owner. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I have a lot more responsibility on me than I did as a teenager. And again, I'm a mystery, which is just so great, right? I'm going to all the doctors. I'm doing all the tests, everything in Western, Eastern, functional, alternative, holistic, and nothing's working. And they tell me my nervous system flipped a switch into pain. And this is my life now, right? I'm diagnosed with things like fibromyalgia and a whole bunch of other syndromes that I can manage the rest of my life. And after trying everything and it not working, I, I really got to the most, I think, desperate I've ever felt in my life, which is saying something because living in hell with pain 24 hours a day will strip you of every part of your soul. You know, you're not sleeping. You can't do anything you love every moment of every day. It's hard to be present because you're just trying to manage pain. It was stressful on my family. It was like, what is this point, right? Of just suffering. But getting to that place is where I realized if I can't find the answer outside of me, I'm going to figure it out because I've learned already once in my life we're powerful. And so, I thought if my nervous system flipped a switch into pain, I'm going to figure out how to flip it back. And that's when I dove into neuroscience and pain science and the mind-body connection and all the pieces that alter our brain and nervous system and get it stuck in stress. And for me, that manifested in pain. Other people, it's anxiety, it's depression, it's those limiting beliefs. They can't get past whatever it is. The brain and nervous system are the root, but then they're also the key. And so I created a process called bioemotional healing to rewire that stress and all the pieces and rewire pain. And it gave me my life back. And now I've been coaching people through it for four and a half years. Yeah. So good. Here we are. Drop an eye if you are inspired. Okay. You, you just like unpacked so much. And I took a couple of notes that are so relatable for our community. And I know for the people that are watching and about to drop all their eyes because they are inspired. I'm inspired. Um, you know, here, so here's some of the lessons that I pulled out of, out of everything that you said. Um, it, you can believe what you tell yourself or what other people tell you. And you can allow other people tell you to be what you believe and what you tell yourself, or you can tell yourself something completely different that you want and the power of your will is so much more powerful than what anybody else could say to you as long as that's what you choose. Mm -hmm. The second one is when you go for what you really want, no matter how crazy your dreams may seem, people will call you crazy. Absolutely. And that's when you know 100%. you're playing big. <laughs> yeah. You know, and even the people who love and care for you. And that's 100%. right, because everybody speaks from their own inner dialogue, their own yep. limiting beliefs. And so if you're trying to step out of yours, it's it's also challenging theirs, right? Yes. And if they're not ready to look at that, then they're going to project it onto you. And they're not even always conscious of it. But we all feel safer if if you're limited I can accept I'm limited and then I don't need to face, you know, how I'm holding myself stuck. And what people need to understand is with what you said, and this is neuroscience. This is not anything we have to believe. It's the fact in how the brain is wired. It is wired to validate our beliefs every day. 
It's wired to seek evidence. It's wired to communicate the body, to create symptoms, to create barriers. That's the brain's the command center. So our beliefs are the bodyguards around our reality, around our body, around what's possible. And so that saying we all hear, you know, you are what you think about. Oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. No, it is the truth in also our physiology, right? Whatever you speak about yourself, what you speak about your body, right? People keep saying really limiting things about their body and expecting a different result when all day those neurochemicals, stress hormones are being sent into your body because of what you're thinking and saying and, and believing. And here's the thing that's hard. All the limiting beliefs we've all had, they're pretty validated based on what we've experienced, right? So of course it's like, well, yeah, of course I believe this. This happened, this happened. And your brain has that data bank of memory. So in a nanosecond, if you've ever tried to challenge your beliefs, you've probably had that internal dialogue where your brain's like, um, what about this? And what about this? <laughs> and what about this? And remember when you felt this? And remember when you tried this? And all the things, because the beliefs we have have come from our experiences or from people we love who have then, yes, projected their own. And so we have to have some compassion with why they're there, but then say, yeah, but I don't want to continue to be defined by my history, right? I want to create a new future, a new present. So I've got to start to really be aware of what am I believing? And even if I feel it, Here's the question I always tell my clients, because you might be like, yeah, I, I feel this way. Yep. But what do you want to be true in your life? So our limiting beliefs, just ask that question. Well, do I want this to be true? Yeah. That I can't, that my body can't, that this isn't possible. And 100% of the time, it's like, well, of course I don't want this to be true. Well, okay. Well, then stop affirming it. So you get to, I, choose, your, you get to choose your bodyguards. And some of us Absolutely. need to hire some new bodyguards. Absolutely. And it right? takes diligence. Yeah. And, and sometimes you might need to process and sit through the events, the emotions, the people, the trauma, the circumstances that are connected to that belief because your, your brain and body will have a hard time letting it go if you still have unprocessed crap that you're holding onto. So that's definitely a crucial part, especially considering how impactful the thing was in your life that created that belief. But then every day we know that the brain only changes through consistency. Mm -hmm. So you not only have to speak it, you have to like, I tell my clients every day, okay, if this is what I'm speaking, this is what I want. What is one action step then that I can take today in alignment with it? even if it's one, but if I'm doing that every day, I'm now starting to build evidence to my brain that validates this new belief, which over time starts to combat all the past evidence, right? So it takes diligence, but like, why wouldn't we? Because then we start removing those bodyguards and then possibility really starts to open up. Yeah. And, you know, the, the other thing that I thought about so much when you were a teenager, like there's this innate, like th there's this part of us that we're born with where we know what we know, it, like your, uh, your gut instinct, 
your mm-hmm. intuition. We are born with it. And I think that a lot of times we, we become numb to it. So you as a teenager, you're like, no, like I, there is more and I know it and I feel it and I choose to believe it and live into it. And, you know, hearing you talk about how like I'm too, like I'm so exhausted that it's hard to breathe. I just immediately had gratitude for the simplest things of life. Like how often do we think about, wow, I can breathe. Like sitting on a chair without feeling pain. Right. I can sit in this chair. Wow. I can stand up. Wow. I can take myself for a walk. Wow. Like I can lift weights. It's truly incredible. And I think so often this will be um, maybe hit home for a lot of people watching is like, if you feel like you're suffering through a workout, that's a choice. You can suffer through it or you can be grateful that your body's capable of it. And so if you think back to this interview, the next time you're like, oh, that's so hard or so hard, think about that there, there, it could be that you're not even capable of that. And so which one would you rather have? You know, so I appreciate that and just wanted to take a moment to appreciate breath in itself and life and movement freedom. And that, yeah. That, that's then that's really what I felt like a prisoner in my body. Right. Um, and especially given that my body really was my tool, not just in dancing, but in working out and being active, like I cherished it and then it was taken again. And, and that is, if anything, your greatest gift in life is your body. And I know all of us have had some type of negative relationship with it and we're conditioned to like, how's your body failing? How is it you know, either functionally or aesthetically, but like, it's your vehicle that allows you to live. And if you can change from this, I get to move it. It gives me life. How do I take care of it and strengthen it so I can better live my life? Then working out, moving your body is seen as a gift. It's, it's empowering versus something you have to do to get to a certain aesthetic goal. And I'm not saying you're not allowed to have those, but when we better embody, like what would I, how would I feel about working out today? If I actually lost the capacity to mm-hmm. like, I struggled to walk for three years. I had to relearn how to walk three times. All right. And just walking, there is not a day. I kid you not. I'll be walking outside or I'll be at the grocery store. Cause I couldn't go to the grocery store for years by myself. Cause I couldn't push the cart, couldn't load. And I kid you not at the grocery store. I'm like, everybody, are you like, are you seeing this right here? Like I, Aww. I am here. And then not only that, like I can carry my groceries again. And see, you wouldn't see me and know that. And that's the other piece, right? We all don't know what we don't know. Cause you would maybe judge based on what I look like though. I also know I don't yet have all the strength I once did, but that power to carry my own groceries. That's also why we work out like to lift things, to be functional in our life, to feel strong and capable, to not injure ourselves when we have to move or to go and adventure in life. Like when we see it as that avenue to better be able to live our life, then it's it's empowering always. And that shift is also what's going to make you keep showing up, even if your weight fluctuates, even if you don't look the way that you want to, even if the journey's taking longer, it's like, man, I'm going to do this gift. Yeah. Hmm. It's so such a powerful perspective. So good. One of the things that you said that was profound to me is 
had a deep belief to not accept what has been told about my life. And I want to turn it back to the audience. You know, what were some things that have been told to you that have become a part of your belief system? And how is that holding you back? Because it's a, it, you cannot change what you do not confront. And I share this because I truly believe that, you know, the biggest thing that is holding us back is th- the subconscious thoughts that have, you know, like created like a garden out of our thoughts, right? Um, you know, for example, you can have two people, right? You know, that's where in the weight loss space, body transformation and all of that. The, the biggest misunderstanding with this industry, people think that, you know, just w- work out, you know, calories, all the surface level bullshit, right? When the truth of the matter is, is that even if I was to actually like take two people and, you know, feed them like, a you know, whole foods, you know, have them work out the same way, one person is going to reach one level, one person is going to reach another level, because not just based on their genetics, but based on what is happening within their mind. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, like, so many times I see people cutting themselves short in life, because they're like, you know, number one, they think that, you know, whatever battle they're against, right? Whether it's a battle of, uh, you know, to lower my blood pressure, to drop weight, to, you know, in your, in your case, just be alive, right? We think that just because it's taking long, maybe it's not for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. guys, imagine needing to fight for your life for four years. And how many? Hold people, on, I wanna I wanna break it down to you guys. Let's yeah, get well, into yes, this. With while this. you do the math, how many people would give up? Because it's too much. It's too long. Like there also is, I think, power in the intention, power in the purpose of it. Right? If you're like, well, I'm, what what life am I going to live? then there's not a lot of purpose or intention to be there to, to go through it, you know? Um, and I think that a lot of people misunderstand purpose. Mm-hmm. You can create it. Like Absolutely. You can decide what it is. It's not like, oh, I was born on this planet to do this thing. Maybe, yes, you were. Like you maybe were put here and you're like, dude, this is why I'm here. However, in any given moment, we can choose what our purpose or intention is for something that's fulfilling to us, period. It doesn't have to be some grandiose. You can be like, my purpose for losing weight is so that my six-year-old daughter doesn't have to experience the same things that I'm currently experiencing in her adulthood. You know, picking stuff off a plate, constantly weighing yourself, criticizing yourself in the mirror, all of these things. Like you get to choose the purpose. Yeah. I love that. Cause I actually don't like that statement. Find, find your purpose, find uh-huh. as if it will just like show up, you know, yeah. um, and <laughs> that, right. Like, Oh, there it is. Yes, like, 
It's all okay now. Oh. You know? Like, I'm like, what? No. Like, I, and in that, okay, I did find it at a young age. Like, how many seven-year-olds know? Like, I was created to dance and want to do it five hours a day. Like, I have a nine-year-old now, and I can't even fathom her five hours a day, you know? So in that, I knew, right, what I was born to do, and I lost it. Okay. And then I got it back and I achieved high levels in my profession and I lost it again. By the and way, so, I love so you think you can dance. Oh, well, thank you. Back in I, back in the day. <laughs> what season? Six. So back in it's like, I don't know if you say glory time, but when it was, you know, did it I change? I probably it? saw you. Could have. Yeah, hair, hair was longer. See our wicked dance moves on our burn zone videos. We're pretty good. I, I want to see. Okay, that that's a must. Now we must <laughs> we must put that in there. May and, I have and, this dance? Yes, please. <laughs> uh, you might be better than me now at this point. <laughs> oh, come on, come on. Sorry, but sure. that, that's what I want to <laughs> emphasize to people. You can create it, and you're going to have different seasons of life because people also, let's say, they were like, I once was an athlete you know, and then now I've got a desk job or I'm a mom and like, I'm not an athlete anymore. Well, not in that way, but who are you now? What's your purpose now? Cause so much we, because of what we lost from the past or what changed, we're now so attached to that identity that we don't give ourselves permission to be who we are now and who we wow. can be right. And evolve like different seasons of life right and that again the past and those identity barriers also stop us from well i'll never be a collegiate athlete again well no you won't but what a beautiful time but like who can you be now what can your body be now and that's a, another per, huge thing that we all have to do is the only power we have is now not back then and not even in the future so it's like as far as time goes and I know because fitness and when I was working in it, that's one of the biggest barriers, right? Oh, it's not changing. I'm not seeing results. So it's not working, right? Parts of my illness took 13 years to resolve. 13. Wow. So I wasn't dying anymore, but I had some long-standing ramifications. 13 years. And you better believe I had thought sometimes, like, is this going to be with me the rest of my life? Five years, seven years, nine years. But I always had this thought, okay. And this is a, this is for your clients too. Okay. If I stop, if I stop working out, I stop nourishing my body the way that I want. I stop doing the mind work to be more empowered. Well, I know what that looks like, right? So if I stop, if I quit, then I'm going back to where I was. Like, am I okay with that? Yeah. Um, and, and I had to do that myself when I wanted to give up many times. Are you kidding? It was like Goliath every day that I was facing, but it was like, okay, well, I know what it looks like if I give up death, chronic pain, never holding my child again, never being able to go hiking with my family or go to the park. Like, I'm not okay with that. So I want to see what's possible if I keep going. Yeah. And while I do that, I'm going to keep my end goal. But along the way, I'm going to celebrate and live in all the progress because we also get so hyper-focused on the end goal. We're not even seeing 
where we are. Like, oh my gosh, I just did 15 push-ups. I used to not be able to do one, but it's like, oh, but I still don't have this striation I want. And so we're not even like celebrating the progress and more living in who we're becoming on the journey, because that's why people also, they'll get to their end weight or anything. And they're like, it's still not enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because there's still someone else that is better or whatever. And it's like, who are you becoming? You have to like attach that dopamine to the process, to showing up to the progress. Cause that's, that's like, that's how you keep doing it throughout your life. Right? Yeah. We describe it as deposits and withdrawals, right? Like you follow through with what you say you're going to do. You've made a deposit. It's, it's, from an action. It's from who you're becoming. It's from the place of here's where I want to be. How does that person behave on a regular basis? What is that? Why does that person do that? And so I love, I love that you said that it's, if I stop, what's going to happen. And if I keep going, because yes, we get so focused on a result that we forget what the purpose is. The purpose is not. So the scale says a certain number. Mm -hmm. The purpose is whatever satisfaction you get by doing the actions, because you also don't get confidence by losing a certain amount of weight. Now for people who have a weight loss surgery, this is not this is not intended to like bash anybody who's had weight loss surgery. The reality is, however, a lot of women have come to us who have had weight loss surgery, regained weight, And because their habits didn't change. And so oftentimes when you don't earn something, you don't get the result you're really looking for. You might get the number on the scale, but if it's the confidence or the self-esteem or whatever that you're looking for, that happens in the process, not at the Mm -hmm. end. Mm -hmm. So you need to go through the process to get what you're actually looking for. And guess what? The harder it is in that process, the more satisfying it is when you reach it. Yeah. And you have to give that to yourself, right? Because the only like dopamine deposit other people are going to give you is when they can see things that are clearly right. Like, oh my gosh, you look so good or blah, blah, blah. We have to intrinsically give ourselves that deposit. Like, oh my gosh, I showed up today, right? I drank that water. Like I'm proud of myself. I did something hard. I did one more sit up. Like it doesn't matter. You have to celebrate that because your brain, your brain, my brain, all of ours wants the least path of resistance. Okay. And it, it, the brain has so much it's in charge of to keep you alive and all the organs it's, it wants the least resistance in anything else in life because it wants to conserve energy, doing things new and different and outside of our comfort zone takes energy from the brain. So the brain is like, no, sleep in. No, let's just have that immediate hit, right? Of ice cream or whatever. Like that's, that's immediate and it's safe and it's not asking the brain to do something new. Like the brain want, that's why we're such habit-based people. And to break that, like, I'm sure people say like, why am I eating? I'm not even hungry. Well, it's a habit, right? When I'm stressed, I go to food and that's another emotional component. But the brain is going to want to keep you in what it knows and what's familiar. And so if you don't intentionally do that dopamine connection to the process, to the actions, then your brain's going to continue to resist you versus the brain likes to repeat what we reward. So that's why addiction exists. It's a rewarding behavior that the brain's like, I want to do that again. But we can utilize that same mechanism 
for the habits we want, but we have to do it intentionally. Like, look at me. I'm, I'm amazing. I just did that workout. You know, I just, I just, or even like, I just shifted my mindset. Like even that has to be awarded. Like my brain was going in, oh my gosh, you're so stupid. You're so ugly. You'll never do it. And if, when you change that and you're like, no, I can do this. Like that needs to also be like, I did that and no one will see it, but I'm going to celebrate that within myself because we know all of this is much more impactful to ourselves and meaningful than that number on the scale. It's just, we've been conditioned to give that the greater emphasis in celebrating. So. Yeah. And even if nobody else saw it. Okay. I want to give, give a challenge to everybody in our community for today. And I want, and I want to see it on the Facebook group, celebrate yourself for something that you did today. Find a way to celebrate yourself, post about it on the Facebook group. Otherwise it didn't happen. Okay. I'm also going to do it. Ashley, I challenge you to do it. Too. Ashley, are you a part okay. of our Facebook group? I don't think I am, so I must get Wait, in. You were having, gives you trouble. You were it? having Facebook issues. I was. <laughs> are, you on, are you able to get on Facebook? I, I, oh yeah, I can. It's a whole big thing. Uh, it's a whole big thing. I'm, I'm working with Facebook right now. I'm logged yeah. into one. It's, it's a two-factor authorization. Do not ever use a third-party uh, authorization app. Just letting you know. Do not do that. <laughs> It. It. it's a nightmare <laughs> Got it. but yes i'll i i'll get on there and i'll celebrate love it love it love it love it love it um we'll send you an invite to to the community page put okay. i put i'm in in the comments okay if you're in. so so listen i mean the truth of the matter is is that ashley we can hang out with you for three hours and you guys i'm sure you would probably want to hang out with ashley for six hours got it got it um however uh, just for the sake of time today, I would love to dive a little bit deeper with regards to how, like your method of how do you flip the switch, you know, from anxiety to peace, from pain to, you know, relief and, and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Take us through and your biohacking method. Yeah. Yeah. I wish it was a, a hack. It definitely takes effort, but what it is, is a process that works. That's what I found was really missing. There's a lot of great knowledge tools, but how do you really change that wiring? Like that program? Cause a lot of people they're like, I'm, I'm doing the things I, I want to believe this. I'm affirming this. I'm doing the self care, but like deep inside, I still have this anxiety. It doesn't matter. Like I'm managing it or I still have these trauma or limiting beliefs. And it's like, how can I not get beyond it? And that's again, like you said, the subconscious mind, but it through our life, our brain and nervous system get altered by, by all of our experiences and all the more altered, the more significant they are, the more emotionally challenging or stressful they are or prolonged, right. Or traumatic, right. When, and, and trauma of course is whatever the brain encodes as traumatic and traumatic is just that it really alters it. So someone might be a really positive person who believes the best in life and then something happens and now their brain thinks through a limited lens. Right. And, and that is, trauma to the brain and nervous system. So what I realized, the only way to really make that switch, because we can't change the fact that the brain has the data bank of all, right, is that we have to partner with it in a way that we are getting our system to a place to feel like it can let go. 
it doesn't have to operate in stress anymore. And again, that stress can be shut down with depression. That stress can be that fight with anxiety. That stress can start manifesting in inflammation, in pain, in chronic illness. And also that makes it hard for people to lose weight because stress is cortisol. And you're literally putting your body in a fat storing state all day because your system is running stress and your brain's releasing cortisol into your system all day. So sometimes you could do all the things physically, but as long as you're in stress all the time, your body's going to have a hard time letting go of that excess fat, right? So how we do that is step by step. And, and, and what I realized is the first half you have to get your system to a place to feel safe to finally let go because it will not rewire. It will not accept a new program until it feels it can now let go of the old. And every stress we experience is protective. And I your brain thinks it's like, protective. Yeah. This is so powerful because it's like when, when we coach our clients, before they start to hit their momentum, you know, some of them come to us after like years of self-sabotage, you know, like emotional eating, binge eating, the whole ordeal. And, you know, we, we have the ceiling fan analogy where it's like, if you're not trusting your body and you're blaming your body, this is the most important part. Because imagine like being cheated on by a spouse for years on end and finally doing something or and like getting roses, you're like, what are you doing? You're still suspicious. What are you doing? I don't trust mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Right. So when we have that moment with our clients where I, I call it the light bulb moment where there's just a shift in energy, mm -hmm. that's when you know that everything is about to change. And like, for me, that is the favorite part. Like, yeah, I love the drop 20 pounds, got rid of, you know, blood pressure, medication, all of that. Um, but it's, once you know that they're finally starting to get it, it's like, ha, now we can do great things together. It goes beyond the physical. The transformation goes beyond physical. And when you, when you can see it inside, it's like game on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so, all yeah. real changes have to come inside out, right? Yeah. And if they don't, that's a huge part of the roller coaster with our body because that inside programming, that inside beliefs will never really bring us back to the behaviors that bring our body back to where it was, right? Um, or because we get too exhausted with just the discipline because we have to change and shift those beliefs. So it's not such a battle every day, right? Because everybody can do that for a certain amount of time, but it becomes too exhausting, right? Because you're fighting your brain, you're fighting your body. And then it just doesn't feel worth it anymore because it's too hard, where if you change from the inside out, which takes effort, it takes discomfort to sit in the freaking truth, like of really what you believe, how life has impacted you. Like that's not easy. All right. Nobody really wants to do that. And we don't really have to nowadays with technology. And that's where it's like, we have to really look like nakedly, you know, at ourselves and like, what am I doing? Like, Things have happened to each of us we didn't choose, like they're a part of life, but it's our responsibility to then do what we want with it, right? And the, the, the beautiful thing about it is we can, 
Like, that's why I love the brain so much is that like, we're all different, right? We all have different personalities. We have different intellect, passions. We have different backgrounds, strengths, weaknesses, but the functionalities of the brain are the same. Mm -hmm. So like you hear my story and it's like, oh my gosh, but my mission is not like, oh, I'm just going to inspire you. Look at what I did. It's like, you have all that same capacity. Because it doesn't have to do with anything other than harnessing the brain's power and all the pieces connected to it. And we all have that. And that's like the greatest equalizer of our potential, which is why I love it so much, because you can't say, oh, I can't. Well, you, in fact, can, Mm -hmm. but it does take partnering with it. And depending on the person like myself my system got hardwired into stress during my illness. And it wasn't that I didn't go and accomplish life, but I was in stress all the time. And that came out in perfectionism that I cried in school and I got an A minus, right? Because I felt like to survive, I had to be perfect. And that- You can relate, drop a P. If you can relate, drop a P. Right? But here's the thing, that served each of us at one time right? Like I survived because I was pretty like perfect in my diligence, but what allowed me to survive that time frame now was hurting me. It was creating stress. And that's what I want people to think about too, is that with compassion and grace, we all developed programs that at a certain time frame in our life helped us survive them, right? And, and so you need to do it with compassion. It's not just your fault. It's like, okay, what, what once allowed me to survive that now is hurting me? And how do I start to work through the past so that my system doesn't think it has to keep operating there? Like, what is that protection your brain is thinking it needs to do every day? Because that's what all stress response is, protection. Protection from some emotional pain or some physical threat, something you went through that altered your brain. Those limiting beliefs are protection of because it's vulnerable to believe we can be more than we are, right? Because then what if we fail? What if we prove so and so right? Like, what if we're not enough? We all combat that still to this day sometimes, right? New levels, new devils. (laughs) So you get to a new level. And now you have limiting beliefs about going to the next level. So yeah. there's there's a certain acceptance of like, no one's immune to like, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I'm enough. What if I'll be judged? But it's yep. like, but but at the end of the day, I can't control any of those factors. But who do I become if I start removing those ceilings upon Let's myself? Go. Yeah. So step number one is letting go. What is step number step- two? Well, step number one would be you've got to first observe and become aware of what is holding you, right? Because we can't change what we're not aware of. A lot of us know how we react, but we don't know why, right? We need to understand the beliefs attached to it, the past experiences attached to it, the people attached to it, right? Then step two, yeah, we have to start working through it, letting go sometimes looks like sitting in the crap, like feeling the emotion, facing the person. Yeah. You got to literally sit with it. It's like, have you guys ever heard the analogy with the buffalo versus cows? Okay. So awesome. So when a storm is coming, 
cows will turn from the storm and move away from it, right? But in doing so, the storm stays with them longer because they don't realize the storm is just following them, right? Mm -hmm. So they feel like they're getting away and it's easier, but it's actually harder because they, they're, they're staying in the crap, right? Buffalo, by contrast, will turn and face the storm. So it's more miserable at first, right? Facing it, feeling it head on, sitting with it, but then it passes over them, mm. right? So it's the only way to the other side is through, right? So we, we have this type of, girl. that's right, so right? Good. So we have this like strength. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to feel it. Like that didn't change me. I'm tougher than that. And it's like, but that's what keeps you in it. So good. So we have to be the buffalo, you know, be the buffalo. Did I spell it right? I'm so curious. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Go me. Okay. What's that number three? Well, then it's an important to ask yourself, okay, so I see it. I'm working through it. And, and obviously there's a lot of more pieces to this, but I want to simplify it. Just ask yourself, like, what do I want to be true for my life? Because the limiting beliefs will tell you what can't be true, right? What isn't possible. And you just need to actually take the time to intentionally ask, like, what do I want to be true for my life? What do I want? Not what anybody else, what anyone else says isn't possible. Because I'm going to tell you, I once punched, like wanted to punch (laughs) some family members in the face because they would say to me after all the years in chronic pain, they would say, well, maybe you just need to come to piece that like, this is your life, you know? And I know they did that out of compassion, but I was like, (laughs) like, no, like, and that's what you have to understand is it's going to come from good intention people who will maybe try to tell you, maybe you just, this is just your body. Maybe this is just what you can do. Maybe just go get a job or whatever it is, right. That we're all, and you have to find, you can have your own limiting beliefs. You have to always come back. What do I want to be true. What do I want to believe? Right. And then how do I start taking even one action step a day that aligns with that? And then how do I intrinsically award it? So my brain wants to repeat it Yeah. because then you start building this new identity, these new beliefs, and those actions start to reaffirm it as being true. Mm-hmm. Right. So as to simplify like bioemotional healing is a nine week process that goes really in depth and works through the subconscious and gives you real patterns how to do that. But that right there, if you, if you actually did that and gave yourself time, like to think about it, to sit with it, to address it, then that's going to have a huge impact on you. Humans are smart. Like, no matter what we want to say about ourselves, like if you think about what our bodies endure and how creative we can be and when our back is against the wall, what we do to like save ourselves, like we're resilient. Amazing. And so when you, when you ask yourself those questions, you might be surprised that if you are open-minded to really saying like, if I didn't have any limitations, if I didn't have any limitations, what would I want? Mm-hmm. And just yeah. like, I wouldn't even say go, like, write it down. Like, what, write it I down. And say, what, what proof do I have that these can't be true? Like, 
you can go find evidence. Go to Mr. Google and search uh, women over 60 who are as fit as fuck. You know, go search for evidence that the truth that you want, it exists somewhere. So if we're going to well, make up yeah. a story, if we're going to make up a story, like make up the one you want. Make up a good, you might as well <laughs> and, make or up maybe a good one. You're the first one, right? Because history shown sure. impossible isn't a fact, right? Like people could, we didn't think you could run a four minute mile, right? Doctors actually said your heart would explode. Or so, go on the moon. Right. So let's think physical, physical. Yeah. We had doctors saying, if you ran that fast, your heart would explode. Well, if I had a belief, my heart would explode. Do you think I would actually push to do a four minute mile? Probably not. And for decades, everyone was trying to achieve it. We had coaches and teams all over the world. And then one day on a rainy day in London, Roger Bannister did it. And within two weeks, people all over the world were running a four minute mile. Yeah. High schoolers do it today. Nothing changed physically nothing, just this. Now yeah. one person did it. And so our paradigm shift and what was thought to be impossible was now possible. And so maybe you have to create that for yourself because people always ask me, well, what evidence did you see that you could actually survive? And I'm like, zero. But it doesn't, even have, to be, yeah. it doesn't even have to be your specific scenario. Odds have been defied time and time exactly. and time again. Miracles have happened. People who've been told they will be paralyzed for their entire lives, walk, run, work That's out. Right. People who said like, you'll never be able to, um, you know, create the, whatever, like the airplane, putting hundreds of people in a machine that weighs tons and tons of pounds, yeah. flying across to different countries, like, Odds have oceans. been oceans. Yeah. Like odds have been defied so many yeah. times that that's the only evidence we need. Exactly. And so what I just want to affirm to people, if you keep talking about your limitations, speaking your limitations, you inevitably will act in alignment with those limitations, which means you get to keep those limitations. Yep. yep. Yeah. So what do you want? And you are the only one right? Who can start to shift that within yourself. And that is, yes, a responsibility, but it's also freaking empowering because it's not up to your mom or your dad or your spouse or, or your partner. It's like, okay, all these things in my life are out of my control. Yeah. My greatest control is with it. Like, what do I want? And I can take responsibility for that and, and change and shift my life. Like there's just, we all can do it. We all have the capacity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. So good. So good. I always tell everybody, you know, like, I mean, of course, everybody's got like, aesthetically, like different goals and all of that. And, you know, some people in our community, you know, like want abs. And, you know, there's so many limiting beliefs from women about abs. It just it's insane. If I'm a mom, I can't have abs. If I'm over 40, I can't have abs. If I'm a woman, I can't have abs. Nobody in my family's got abs. I can't have abs. I'm like, listen, guys, we're all born with the same anatomy. We all actually have abs. The question that you need to ask yourself is how far am I willing to go in order to freaking get it? And that, and that goes for anything in life, you guys. And just because it's hard doesn't mean that it's impossible. It's meant to be hard because you had to will yourself for literally 1,460 days to be alive. If mm -hmm. you knew that about you, I'm asking the audience, 
would you have already given up by now? Just use that as feedback because how you do one thing is how you do everything. And if this is how, how far you're willing to go to defy your life, what if I told you that it's going to take you 1,460 days for you to get a six pack? I don't care how clean you eat. I don't care how many days you stay away from donuts. Would you actually be willing to do it? Because you will act to the degree that you believe. Yeah. So good. Time is passing anyway, right? (laughs) Like it's passing. We might as well. Pursue. Pursue. Give it all that we, we have and there will be ebbs and flows and we'll do it imperfectly, but we keep showing up and we keep showing up a little better. And we just, we don't derail ourselves because it's taking time. Cause that really is, I think there's obviously beliefs are the foundation, but I think the biggest difference ultimately between those who get to what they want and those who don't is the tenacity to keep going no matter the journey. 100%. Right. So because good. that's what makes us inevitably give up because we're so programmed to judge the timeline. Uh, oh, it's been two weeks. It's not working. You know, it's been six months and it's like, yeah, it's been two weeks. It's been six months. Like give yourself the gift of time, but also who are you becoming? Yeah. Because I would go, say you go. would, you would probably say the same thing. No matter where we are in our life, the greatest celebration is who we've become yeah. through the journey, right? That's the celebration, not the goal, because who we've become is what allows us to actually step into our life, right? So you got to celebrate that because that's what also keeps you going. That's yep. all we really all want anyways is progress. That's the key yep. to happiness and everything else. So if you're not even progressing in your six pack, you're progressing as a disciplined person, as someone who's building muscles of determination and tenacity. Like that's what matters. The six pack is a byproduct of those character building muscles. You guys, is she speaking ES language or what? I mean, I knew we were kindred spirits, right? I mean, I'm always in red anyways, as we know. So see, I, I fit right in with your background. <laughs> drop a drop a yes if you'd like to see Ashley in future ES events, be it virtual or in person. I'd love to. All right, Ash, thank you so much so, for, for being part of this amazing conversation. Yes, yes, super important conversation. If anybody wants to, you know, potentially work with you or just pick your brain on things, what would be the best place to um, grab your attention? Yeah, so my website, my name, which I think you can put in the chat or something, ashleydelello.com. I have a free training on the brain. That would be a great place to start. Um I have my podcast, Bioemotional Healing Podcast. I have my social media, which is my name, Ashley DiLello. Um, and if, if you do feel stuck and you've been stuck for a long time with some deeper issues, right, with trauma or pain or illness or anxiety, like you can change. Like You do not have to be defined. And if you go and you, you have a, a short video, too, about bioemotional healing, then schedule a free consult. Um, because like sometimes it takes the deeper work to remove those barriers as it did for me, right. And some of my clients. And so you're not just stuck or broken. 
Like there is a capacity to get beyond and maybe you're doing all the things and you're still not feeling like you can get there. And that's because we've got to do some of the deeper rewiring, but it's, it's possible. So, so good. Awesome. Thanks for having me guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, also by the way, how's your eye today? Oh, my bloodshot swollen eyes. I slept six hours last night. So good. So good. You guys, just so you know, we are doing something really special with Ashley and a few other friends in July. So, I mean, that's coming up in July. You'll hear about it when the time comes. You'll for sure hear Expect about to it. see a lot more of Ashley's presence in the community. Just thank you. Thank you for what you do, for who you are, and for everything that you've overcome, right? Like one of the things we say is that our mess become our message. And you know, this is truly what this is all about. Thank Blessing you for, people with what we've overcome. Yeah. Thank you for being a permission for people oh. to think big yeah. and live big. So appreciate you so much and looking forward to the next time that we get to connect uh, in or yes. out of the community. And so we'll see yes. you guys. NES Army, thank you. thank you for joining us today. And also on the Facebook group, we want to see you. How are you celebrating yourself for something that you've accomplished today? Thanks, guys. See you guys. Much love, everybody. Be great. Thank you for listening to Espresso with Erin and Sarit. On your way out, be sure to check out our website, erinandsarit.com, to keep up to date with what we have going on and maybe grab some free stuff. And if you feel so inclined, hop on over to leave us a five-star review, wink, wink. And remember, life is more fun when you subscribe to Aaron and Sarit.